We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Jesus is Offensive podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Werfelman, as always. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry that it has been a few weeks um, without an episode. Totally my bad. No excuses. Um, Just, yeah, sorry, you guys, that I haven't been able to deliver on that. But we're back and um, raring to go. And I I definitely know that the topic today is from God. And and, um, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it today. We are going to be getting a little... I don't want to say political. I guess it's not really political, but a little bit more what's going on in in the mainstream right now. So um, I'm sure a lot of you are going to be familiar with this topic that we're going to be going over today. Um, But yeah, on my end, not a lot of updates, just been a great couple weeks, been had a lot of work going on and and, um, just a lot of deadlines to meet, but I really need to learn better how to prioritize time, how to make sure that now that I'm getting busier with work and other things that I can still get a podcast out once a week and um, continue on this grind because I know that it's so worth it and so powerful. And um, yeah, so appreciate all your guys' prayers. And and I've even got to talk to a few of you guys in the last uh, couple weeks here, which has been a huge blessing. So if you ever want to reach out, if you ever need prayer, you ever need help, you want to just talk, um, you're always welcome to email us. The email is hello at jesusisoffensive.com. Or you can, you can um, DM us also on Instagram. So yeah, um, so yeah, we're back and uh, raring, to, raring to go, ready to get this um, season finished. We're on episode eight, I believe. So we have two more after this guy. And wow, then we'll go, be going to episode, I mean, season six. Wow, my, my words are all over the place. Um, but we're going to have episode 50 here in a few weeks. So that's going to be crazy. That's a huge milestone and uh, hoping to do a little giveaway or something like that. So we'll see kind of what the Lord leads me in that. But anyways, before we get into the topic, let me just say a prayer and then uh, we'll dive in. So, oh yeah, dear Lord God, thank you so much for this opportunity. God, thank you for the podcast once again. And and uh, thank you for your grace on me, Lord, for not finishing, not getting one up on time, Lord. And, and, um, still using it, still working through it, God. And I just pray, Lord, that um, as I talk today, Lord, that your words would be my words, God, that I would not speak from my own, Lord, but I would speak from your spirit, God, and and that uh, everyone listening today would hear what um, you want them to hear, Lord, that your spirit would just minister to them um, and that you would make things clear to them, um, God, and that we would come out of this just realizing um, the importance of your scripture and the importance to know of what's going on uh, right now, um, in the world and how to protect our children as we're going to be talking about, um, that Lord. So we just thank you, Lord, um, ahead of time. And we just pray that you would use this podcast in mighty ways in Jesus name. Amen. Awesome. I want to mention too, I know everyone always says when they email me, stop apologizing, but I think they mean like when I say something hard, I'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. But (laughs) which is more of just like a, I don't want to be rejected, but I'm going to say a hard thing. But I do want to say that I'm sorry for not being able to get a podcast out and not being a man of my word. I know on Instagram, I said, okay, I'm going to have it out this day. And then I didn't. So I'm so sorry about that. And that was, that was wrong of me. So please forgive me, everyone. But anyways, without further ado, we are going to be talking about, um, children today. And it's kind of a heavy topic. Um, 
And I was reading in Matthew 18 a few days ago, and it just, I don't know, something something really clicked in my spirit. I was originally going to do this episode on forgiveness, which we will be tackling here soon. Um, but something just clicked that made me think I need to talk about this. And um, yeah, so, I mean, as most of you probably know, and if you don't, please, um, you know, do some research because it's really important to know what's going on uh, in terms of these things. But in the world right now, um, it's kind of mainstream that we have drag queens now coming to our kids' schools. They're teaching our kids. They're reading to our kids. Um, the books in a lot of the schools, and I'm talking conservative states and liberal states, um, they are talking about um, a lot of sexual things that kids don't need to, to know about. They're talking about trans. They're talking about LGBT or whatever. Um, just all the, the different topics um, that have to do with perversion of, you know, the enemy, of the devil. And um, it's super sad to see that right now. And um, again, if you if you haven't noticed, then you might be living under a rock because it's, it's really this last year. I mean, it's even surprising to me, like, where did this come from? It's just boom. We're getting inundated with um, our kids totally um, being attacked by the devil, by the enemy. I truly believe this is attack from Satan. Um, it's super demonic what's going on. Uh, I mean, not to mention that um, being trans, being gay, all these things, they're already sin. They're already demonic in nature. But now um, their agenda is to force this onto your children, um, which is absolutely in, in, insane that most of these adults, most of these parents are going along with it and they're super cool with it and they love it. And, oh yeah, the drag queen, oh, she's dancing and whatever in front of like these, you know, five to 10 year olds or whatever. And it's like, what is going on in our world right now? So I really felt the need that to talk about this, um, topic because kids at a young age, they're so pliable. They're so moldable. They literally will believe most things you tell them, which is why I truly believe the devil being a very smart, um, person is attacking them because if he can get them at the beginning, then he can, he can make the rest of their life a living hell, um, full of sin and far from God. So this is what we we're seeing right now. The world, obviously there's a lot of attacks against a lot of different people, but I truly believe the children are the devil's, um, main target right now. Um, because if you even see, like, if you even look back at the last generation, like my generation, right? Um, my generation has become a very entitled and um, very selfish and even and full of, you know, what I mean by selfish is going on social media. It's all about me posting about me and um, very confused about identity, right? A lot of my generation, I'm, I'm 24 right now, are the people that are pushing this trans and this gay stuff and all of this um, liberal garbage that's, that's going on and, and totally... Um, it doesn't have to do with a political party. It's just against God. It's a, it's an abomination towards God. Um, so we see that they've already been doing this to the kids. Praise God. I was homeschooled and I didn't, um, see a lot of this stuff and I went to a Christian college. So obviously I was protected the best that, you know, I could be, even though I still heard and saw a lot of things that I shouldn't have. But, um, again, this is what they're trying to do, um, to the children. And it's a huge attack from the enemy. And so the other thing I want to talk about is um, in regard to this topic. So a few days back, or I should say, actually, I think this was a few weeks back. My mom and my dad, they'll often pray together. And lately my dad's been seeing visions from God, which is really cool. Um, because as I've shared before, me and him weren't always super keen on 
believing if that was from God or just your mind or whatever, when we'd hear visions from other people, but now that he's receiving them, obviously um, he's become a lot softer to it. And I mean, same here. Um, and it's super cool to see because the things that he he's been getting, like you can tell they're totally from God. So the other day he saw um, this dog in a vision and there were a bunch of wolves, like a wolf pack surrounding these dogs. Right. So then him and my mom prayed into it more. And all of a sudden he saw this vision of a school bus and all these kids inside just having such a great time, you know, just like kids are so sweet, so kind and just hanging out and have, having fun and super innocent. And that's literally what he, he felt that he heard, like they're so innocent. Right. And then all of a sudden the, the doors to the school bus, they open and all of these wolves run in. And obviously, you know, the, the vision ends, but what do wolves do right there? They're invasive. They, they attack, uh, they prey on animals, right? They, I mean, if you know anything about wolves living in Montana, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, they will kill an animal just because it's fun and they'll leave like, you know, they'll leave like 10 sheep killed just because they killed them for sport and they won't eat them. This is why a lot of the farmers and people don't really like them because they're super invasive. Um, and so, when you think about the wolves and, and where else in the Bible does it talk about wolves, right? It says, um, when it's talking about people who are false prophets or, or, or not true followers of Christ, you know, they're, they're wolves and sheep's, sheep's clothing. So, you know, they come looking all pure and all good, but they're actually sent from the enemy. They're actually wolves. They're actually impure. And so you see in the vision, like paralleling to that, the wolves, um, in my opinion, knowing what's going on in the world right now represent, um, this ideology that they're pushing, um, this, uh, all this drag queen stuff, all this trans stuff, all this homosexuality stuff, just pushing at our kids to what, to totally try to steal their identity. And this is what I've always said. The devil is in the business of identity theft. He wants you to not realize that you're a child of God. And instead he wants you to find your identity in things that either a like idols and stuff like that, or B, which I believe is what's happening with, with our children in things that are not true like being confused about their gender and their sexuality and all these things that are so clear, um, have been so clear for hundreds of years are now being put into question. And before I say anything else, I want to say, if your kids are listening, um, you might want to pause this here and, and listen alone, (laughs) um, because I'm going to spoil some stuff. Um, so that's your warning, but going off that topic, you know, you think about Santa Claus, right? Or the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy, all these things that we get our kids to believe. Um, you think about how easily they believe these things because someone trustworthy tells them. So now they're going to school and their teachers or whatever are pushing these agendas. They don't know that a kid only knows what you're going to tell them. The kid only knows what you show them. And so this is why the devil wants to deceive the children. See someone like me or, or you listening an adult it's going to be harder for the devil to deceive them in that way, to literally go at the base of their identity and shift it after you've lived 20, 30, 40 years of your life. But as a child, you are so naive, which is beautiful. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but you are so pliable that it's very easy for anyone to get you to believe anything. So this is why, and this is my call. I mean, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, but this is why we need to protect our kids because, and, and shelter them. And I truly believe, you know, 
it's it can be dangerous having your kid in the school system. It's his whole life or her whole life. They're more around a teacher than they're around you. And who's going to show them Jesus? Who's going to tell them the truth of the gospel? Who's going to tell them what is right and what is wrong? Because if if what's going on is any sign of of what's to come, uh, it's only going to get worse. The other big thing about children is that we're looking for acceptance. We're looking for love. Even, even as an adult, where most of us are looking for that, especially if we haven't received it from God. But when you think about the children's, and, and I've, I've heard some statistics on this. I'm, I'm not the statistic guy, so I'm not going to pull any of those out because I believe this is just a spiritual thing. But when you think about this, you have, let's say there's one kid out of four that's trans, right? And now you're hanging around them and, and they're saying, oh yeah, just listen to your feelings. Like, oh yeah, you know, oh, you, you want to like the same gender. Oh, you want to be, you know, a girl, you want to be a boy, just do it. They're listening to that. And, and seriously, if you look at the statistics, it's steamrolling, it's multiplying. It's kind of like how we're supposed to be in the church. It's not just one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. It's like two, four, six, eight, 10, 12. So I'm sorry, two, four, four, eight, 816. That's what I mean. It's the multiplication. So more and more young kids are becoming trans. I mean, think about it. We didn't even know any trans people like 20 years ago. And now I'm sure most of us know someone um, who who is practicing that lifestyle. And the devil is trying to get them when they are kids, Um, which is why I truly believe we're going to talk more about this, but we need to not be sheltering our kids from the things of God. See, a lot of parents, they think, okay, well, I don't want to tell my kids about, um, you know, everything about God. I don't want to tell them about demons. I don't want to tell them about, um, well, that's actually the main thing. And I've talked about that in some other episodes. Like, I don't want to tell them about demons. Well, if there was a person around the corner and you were about to walk um, by that uh, around the corner that was going to kill you, I think I would tell you, even if I was scared, it was going to scare you because at the end of the day, I want you to be prepared for what's coming. Once you know the enemy, then you know how to act. So I think this whole idea of, you know, well, we need to shelter our kids from knowing about the demonic and things like let them just have a, uh, a good young life. And yes, of course, we want them to be naive. But if they have an enemy, and this comes down to a belief problem, if you truly believe they have an enemy that is trying to literally kill the, kill them, right? Because what does it say? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So first he'll steal your identity, and then he'll try to kill you, destroy you completely. And so if we don't tell our kids about the enemy, but at school they're telling them about trans and LGBT and all this stuff, they are going to be apt to believe what the teachers are saying because they're around them and because they don't know any difference. And by the time when they're 10 or 12 or 14, you tell them about demons, they're going to be like, no, I don't believe that mom. You're crazy. You're a crazy religious person. We need to be telling our kids who the enemy is right away and his way of attacking them. Right. And I know it's scary, but this is the only way to stop the enemy because kids are naive and the parents are too afraid um, to scare their children. But again, if there's an enemy to your child, you need to tell them who it is. It doesn't matter. Like if someone is trying to actively kill your child's life and you can't fully control it because they're going off to school or whatever, they need to know right from wrong. You need to teach them that. They need to know who Jesus is, obviously. And three, they need to know who their enemy is. And and if we go over to Proverbs 22, 6, which is going to be the first passage we talk about here. Again, I'm pulling it out of context only because Proverbs, you know, it has a lot of these little pithy sayings um, of, of 
how to live basically. So this isn't like contextually about kids, but this um, verse says, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we see that um, age is um, when we reach a certain age, there's, there's just a common thing in life with adults that we don't really depart from our ways from, um, from the things we've been taught as a child. And we see that a lot. We see a lot of people, they don't, they're not, they're no different after high school, right? They're kind of the same person. Um, and so, but what is he saying here? Train up a child in the way he should go, right? So when he's young, that child needs training. That child needs to understand their enemy, needs to understand right from wrong. They need to know who God is. And I truly believe, and again, this is my own conviction. We're going to talk about this a little later. But like I said, if your kid is spending all of their time at school and very little of their time with you, but you're the spiritual leader. You're the one that's going to tell them Jesus. And at school, you know, if they're not at a Christian school, they're not hearing anything about Jesus. Whose side do you think they're going to be more apt to grow up and and believe in? Right? Again, it's like Santa. The only reason your child believes in Santa is because you told them. So if your child departed from you at a very young age and went to live in another country where they don't believe in Santa and they never told them about Santa, they would believe that there's no Santa. They're going to believe whatever the person they're around the majority of the time believes, right? Because that's just how kids are. That's how God created them so that as parents, we could train our children because they would be pliable. They, they're meek. They're they're learned and, um, or not learned, but they're easy to teach, I should say. Um, and this is what's beautiful. And this is what uh, Matthew 18 talks about that we're about to get there. But as parents, again, I'm not a parent, but to any of you who are, this is a command, train up a child in the way he should go, right? We need to be the major influence in our children's life. We need to be their trainers. We can't just dump them off to school or dump them off to a counselor or dump them off to, you know, a therapist. We, we are to train them up so that when they get old, they will not depart. And I can attest to this. I was around my parents more than anyone else in my life because I was homeschooled. And so they, and maybe, yeah, I was naive to some things. Maybe I didn't learn some things that were, that were necessary in the world, but they taught me who Jesus was and they gave me a good example of how to be like Jesus. And because of that, because they trained me up in the ways I should go as a child, they didn't, they weren't, they, they, what's the word? They sheltered me in, in a good way. Again, I know sheltering gets a, a bad rap, but they sheltered me in a good way. They kept me from evil. My mom, I remember she would explain to me who the enemy was. And she's like, when the enemy, when the devil tries to tempt you, you tell him, get behind me, Satan, in Jesus name. And I would say that. And what happened? Now that I'm older, I will not depart from that because they trained me up in the way that I should go. And we're actually talking about doing another episode about that one. Uh, I'd love to have my two parents come on and just talk about parenting. I know um, some of you listening are young parents and things like that. And I think they could offer a lot of wisdom, just the things they learned. You know, they made mistakes along the way. So looking forward to an episode like that because I can't fully talk into um, the parent piece, but I've always felt strongly that you need to be the child's um, major influence. No one else, no friends at school, no teachers at school, you need to be. And you need to train them up in the way they should go. And and if the school is telling them otherwise, you need to push back. So um, let's go one more thing before we go into Matthew 18 to talk about just, you know, the instructions for adults uh, to their children or parents, I should say. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Okay, so that's for that's for your children. But I really like this one because when you look at the statistics, again, one of the biggest problems we have 
in the church, in the home, in general, is absent fathers. And absent fathers breeds kids uh, with no strong base, with no concrete um, ground to stand on. And I'm not coming against you mothers because we need your nurturing side. We need your loving side. We need your understanding side. It's the pairing of the two that are necessary. But if in marriage, Christ represents the the husband, and if in marriage, the church represents the wife, well, then we see that Jesus can do okay without the church, but he can't. we can't do okay without Jesus because Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the, the strong foundation, and I believe that's what the male is supposed to bring to the family. He is the foundation. Everything falls back on him, but he can handle it. He can take care of it so that he can protect his wife, so that he can protect his children, so that they can have good, long, beautiful, happy life, and he can bear the weight of the things that are going on. And so that's why when we have absent fathers, you have a lot of kids who don't know their identity, who don't have a solid foundation, right? They have they have amazing mothers that love them and nurture them, but they don't have a father to be strong with them and tell them the truth and train them in the ways they should go. Because men, just uh, biologically speaking, are normally more black and white um, than women. So women bring that nurturing, loving side to the child. And then the man needs to come in and be clear on like, hey, Son, you know, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. Um, and and also, as a son, I know that I need the affirmation of my father. Um, because again, I see him as the leader of our household, physically and spiritually. And so without, think about it, if the Bible outlines the husband as the leader of the house, without the leader in any group, what happens? Things tend to fall apart, okay? So I'm not bagging on on either side. Each role is, is equal in value, but it has, they have different functions and have def, different necess, necessities in the relationship. So that was a big preface to verse four. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So the father's job is to train the child and give them instruction that is from the Lord. Okay. And what does exasperate mean? So I looked it up. I kind of knew, but I wanted to make sure that I gave a good definition. So one in the Webster dictionary is to cause irritation or annoyance to. So don't irritate your children. Don't annoy them. But the second one I feel like is a little stronger to maybe what the Bible is saying here is don't excite the anger of. So I think what this is truly saying is, listen, now we know Proverbs 22, 6, we need to train up our children. We need to be clear. We Children like rules. Even if they cry about it, they they want to have structure. Um, and, and I can attest to that in my life. It was hard sometimes, but the structure made me a good man who I am today. Um, and without the structure, I would be rebellious and, and probably have gone down a wrong path. So basically what he's saying is, listen, fathers, your job is to train and instruct. But when in doing that, don't exasperate your children. Don't excite them to anger. Don't irritate them because I think where men go wrong, and this is why toxic masculinity, quote unquote, gets um, that name is because men want to lord over their authority instead of just realizing I'm a leader and this is something that I have to do for my family. Instead, they lord it over where they want to become like the lord of their house and almost, you know, how dare you do that and worshiped and respected and all these. We, they, um, what's the word? They uh, idolize that authority, which is wrong. And this is why um, men get a bad name for being the leaders of the household because they want to be more like a Lord instead of a leader who has responsibility to take care of their family. So with that being said, I think what it's truly saying here is don't irritate your children. Don't excite them to anger while you're training them, while you're bringing them up, right? You need to have that loving side. You need to be nurturing to them. And 
And you need to instruct them in a loving way, not in a Lord way, like I'm the dad and you got to do what I say because, because I'm the dad, you know, and, and that's just not, that's not what God wants. So again, I just wanted to throw those in. Really, I want to talk about Matthew 18, but these are some small instructions for us as uh, parents that we need to follow. But it's pretty simple here. Just train up the child in the way they should go. Well, the one thing as parents we need to know is that your kids are always watching you. And we need to set the example so that our kids see a good example of Christ, right? Like I said, if if um, when God talking about the relationship he has with humans says, you know, um, the husband is like God and, and the wife is like the church, then we need to be good displays of that, of those jobs to our children so that they understand the church's function um, and they understand God's function and they understand how we connect, right? Like I, I would say, and not to toot my dad's horn, but, um, and my mom's, but I always saw Christ in them. And so, and especially with my dad, because again, the father represents the father in heaven. I could see how God loved me and I could see how God chastises those he loved because my dad was strict and he had rules, but he always showed me love. He always spent time with me. He always stewarded my dreams. He always spoke kindly of me. He always encouraged me. So I realized through that process that rules are really good. I need rules. Anyone who thinks their kids don't need rules, they're severely mistaken and they're severely um, deceived. We need rules and kids need punishment, okay? Because what we're having now a lot of the times is kids ruling the parents. But no, your kids need punishment and they need training and they need to be trained. What happens when we do training? We are we have strict rules, consequences, and, and we have to work hard to go through that training, right? Any kind of training, uh, whether it's for sports, whether it's for the military, whether it's for um, just getting fit, right? Or whatever. There's something we have to do. We have to be regiment and and all of these things. So this is how we need to train our children, knowing that if we train them well, they will not depart from these things like Proverbs 22, 6 says. So again, that's all to the parents and um, just to encourage you parents out there, like this is an attack on your kids. Don't don't say, okay, well, we have a few more years and then maybe we'll think about homeschooling or, you know, we have a few more years. So we'll tell them about, you know, the demons then and we'll tell them that this is bad later. And, you know, we just want them to have a good life. Listen, your kids will have the best life when they truly know who the enemy is and when they truly know their identity in Christ. Because if you show them who Christ truly is, if you show them that we can have an identity rooted in Jesus, then they will never begin to question their identity in the world, meaning their sexuality, their gender, all of these, all of these things. They will not question those things ever if they truly know who God is and who God made them to be and that they're special, just who they are, that God did not mess up in creating them. And that's why this is such an abomination because God did not make a mistake when he made a girl a girl and a boy a boy. But now this girl wants to be a boy and this boy wants to be a girl, right? It's going against God's divine creation. So, all right, let's get to the meat of this um, talk here. Um, I know this one's just a lot of different topics put together, but I think it's just good things that we need to think about because as you're going to see here, kids are so important to the kingdom. And if the attack is on kids in 20 years, the whole generation is going to be these kids that are coming up right now. And we don't want to live in a godless society. And we don't want to have all these kids so deceived. So what does Matthew 18 say? At the time, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? (laughs) 
um, Jesus, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So what did I say earlier, right? Children are very meek. What does that mean? Humble, teachable, soft, naive, sweet, not, not expecting of anything. This is why Jesus says, you know, in, in uh, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, that the meek shall inherit the earth, right? And so he's saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He's like these children, right? These meek, young, naive children, they're the greatest. So super beautiful. And we're going to talk about this a little later. This is a little bit of a different teaching, but Jesus says we need to become like children. Why? Well, just like I was telling you about, they're so quick to believe, right? You tell them Santa's real. You don't even have to convince them. Like, okay, they're so quick to believe. And so think about it. You have this divine, you know, uh, six to 10 years of, of, having a child that they will literally, and maybe even longer than that, but they will believe anything you say. So this is the time now to tell them about who Jesus is, who demons are, um, just about everything that we know to be true about sin, all these things. And obviously you say it in a kid way, in a, um, in a bit of a sheltered way, but they're going to believe anything you say now and they might believe that for the rest of their life. So this is the time that you can literally, and I'm going to use this word in a good way, but literally indoctrinate your kids in the right way. <laughs> That's why that word exists because kids are easy to indoctrinate. So we need to give them the right indoctrination. We need to give them the right information. And that's why Jesus is like, if you would just become like children, you'd be amazing disciples. Why? Because when Jesus is like, hey, have faith, we would just be like, okay, I believe it. Because we'd be like children that just believe it. We don't need God to prove anything. We don't need to test God. We're just like, okay, we'll do it. Um, oh, oh God, you want me to go here? Okay. And that's exactly how kids are. And God wants us to have that kind of heart, to be like a child, to just believe what Jesus says. We don't need to get all theological and everything. We just need to believe what Jesus says and to follow him with our whole heart. This is very kid-like. We need to go back to being meek, teachable, open, um, willing to be corrected, um, unexpecting or unexpected or uh, not entitled to anything, uh, but instead so humbled by anything that God wants to do for us. So that's kind of what that's saying there. So then let's go to verse six. And this one's, this one's crazy. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of of the sea. So he's saying it would be better. So meaning they are going to be judged for that, that, that truly that Jesus values his children so much that the people who have, um, caused them to stumble, they are going to be punished the most severely in the end, which is, which is a pretty crazy revelation. So verse seven, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. And, a, and woe in, in the Bible is, is like a curse, right? He's like a warning, like warning to those, like, whoa, like, like, it's not like, it's not like we say in life now, like, oh, whoa, like, no, woe was literally a curse, like, woe to you, like, you will be punished for that. And you will be punished if you do that. Yeah, we see that a lot in the Old Testament, too. And so then Jesus explains, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. 
And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Wow. So this is this is the this is how irritated God is with the world right now because we're allowing these agendas to come into our school to poison our children, to turn their the children against the parents and to deceive them at the at the bottom line of their identity. This is how irritated God is because he's saying it would be better for them, it better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea, meaning they can't swim up from that. That thing going to drown them all the way down. It's going to it would be better for that to happen than than what is going to happen to those people. Right? So God God is going to repay um what these people have done and how they've deceived our children. Um he is going to punish that sin. But it's just so good to remember that if this is what's happening in our world, we don't want to have any part. We want to protect our kids so so much because think about it. If you're sending your kid to school and they're teaching any of these things, now you are one of those also that are causing your kids to stumble because even though those those drag queens and those those gay teachers and all these people that are pushing these agenda are bad and they're and they're they're um, deceiving our children and of course all these people are just deceived as well and there's no judgment on them but they are living sin in living in sin and they are deceiving our children it's straight from the devil but you sending your kids to there it is it is a greater sin for you to do that than for them to be teaching your kids because you you don't run the school. They they can hire whoever they want, but you have control over one thing, where your children goes to school and who they learn from. So, this is talking to some of you if your kids are in these scenarios, and this is why there's such a call to make sure that we are the number one person in our kids' life. And I know some of you are thinking, "What well, I'm busy and I, how could I, you know, how could I homeschool or how could I put my kids in a different school?" And I get it. Life is hard, but this is the number one attack on your kid. Do you want to see your kid at the age of 20 still following God? This might be your chance to redeem that before it's too late. I have watched way too many people in my life, friends of mine who grew up in the church or whatever, and they were deceived because of school, because of the people they hung around, because of their parents not being um, godly uh, examples. They have been deceived and they have fallen into these kind of lifestyles and it is not of God and it's very sad to see and so you don't want to be the one causing your little kid to stumble don't be that one don't be the one that causes your kid to stumble this is so big and guys trust me I'm not talking bad on all schools here I'm just saying if your school is teaching any of this kind of stuff you need to get your kid out of there because you are causing your child to stumble by sending him there then Jesus tells a parable See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. I'm going to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I do believe that there are angels assigned to each and every one of us, right? There's another passage in the Bible that talks about when the disciples thought, or um, I think it was the disciples or or someone, (laughs) sorry, uh, thought they saw Peter's angel, right? Because they couldn't believe that it was uh, Peter. So, there's definitely angels that accompany us. And I truly believe that we don't talk about angels enough, not that there's something to be worshiped, but I truly believe that each one of us have angels that are with us, protect us, watch over us. And I believe this is what they're saying. They're angels, right? This is a possessive there. So their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. So I, I believe what it's saying is that 
if the angels minister to us and and they speak on our behalf to God, et cetera, et cetera, um, that their angels, they are seeing the face of the Father in heaven. And these are the angels that are watching over these children. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I kind of think it's just God's sovereignty over these over these kids and that these kids are so pure that their angels are able to see the face of God in heaven and and rejoice about these children because like Jesus talks about him, he talks about him in such high regard that these children are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I think that's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven kind of accompanies the whole like their angels, like having angels watch over them because they are so holy, because they are so pure uh, and untainted by the world. And he tells this parable, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. So this is beautiful because it comes back to that vision that my dad had with the wolves, right? And we, and the language that we always see in the Bible and in life is that, you know, wolves and sheep, right? So wolves attack sheep and you know it, the bible talks about there's wolves there's wolves in sheep's clothing so that's kind of a mouthful but again right he's talking about his little kids as sheep right and what what are sheep like sheep know the voice of their shepherd right i've seen some videos of this it's really cool people trying to call sheep and then the shepherd comes over and boom all the sheep just run towards um the shepherd um but but also sheep are kind of dumb in the way that they're so trusting. And again, I don't want to say that's dumb, but in, in our world, that's dumb. But to God, it's beautiful because he wants us to have that stupid trust for him. That's like, okay, this looks crazy, but if you say to do it, I'll just do it. But And that's why he uses sheep to illustrate us. But sheep are so naive or dumb in that way that they will follow the shepherd off the cliff <laughs> if he leads them. Um, and so they're, they're, they're a herdable animal. They, they know the shepherd's um, voice and, and they listen. And so this is why Jesus also uses wolves to illustrate when they come in and they try to take out the sheep, right? There's only one shepherd. There's lots of sheep. And so when you think about what he's saying in context to the children, right? When one of these little sheep wanders off, when one of these kids gets deceived, Jesus is still pursuing them. He's going after, he's chasing them down and he's happier when he can bring one back that was deceived, that fell away, uh, that can bring him back to him than the 99 that are just there. But think about it. That sheep only has so much time for the shepherd to find it before the wolf finds it first and their hearts are hardened and they lose their perception of reality. They lose their identity. This demonic, it is truly demonic. I believe that these people that are trans and gay and all these things, they are dealing with demons that are lying to them, telling them that this is who you are. This is who you're attracted to. And normally these things happen because these kids have been a lot of them have been sexually abused as a child or touched inappropriately, so they're confused about their identity. They're confused about they're confused about who they're attracted to. But nonetheless, getting back to the parable, these sheep only have so much time when they're lost from the shepherd to be found before a wolf finds them first and destroys them. So do not cause these little ones to stumble so that you won't even have to worry about the sheep running away because they will know your voice as the teacher, as the one who, what, trained the child up in the ways they should go so that when they're older, they won't fall away. They won't stumble. They won't get lost because like Proverbs 26, 22, 6 says, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Why? Because you trained the child in the way he should go. So if your kids are in these schools that are teaching or pushing these things, you are not training them in the way they should go. You are responsible for them. So you are actually training them in the wrong way. They are, they are going to 
um, suffer because of your leading of putting them into that school. So I would really recommend if any of you that this is heavy on your heart, pray into this, ask God, God, where should, show me a school that's, you know, loves God and, and wants to follow God. Um, and honestly, my heart, because I was homeschooled, I would pray, God, do you want me to teach my children? I know this is crazy and I know it's the 21st century and it's super tough to homeschool and I'm in no, none of your positions, but you're the only one that you can trust to take your life seriously with God. I don't know anyone else, truly. I only know myself and it's not to rely on myself, but it's to say, okay, God, if I'm the only X factor, I will be, I will, I will make sure that I am a good disciple, that I am in the word, that I am in pray, prayed up, that I'm a good example for my kids because I'm the only one that I can fully trust to be what I need to be for my children, which is why I don't believe God designed it for us to just send our kids away and never see them and they just go to school and they learn from other people. He put those kids in your life for a reason, not in anyone else's life, for your life, in your life, because you are worthy to train them up and that's your job to train them up. So I would really, uh, this is a huge call, I think, for the whole world, for a lot of Christians to consider the going the homeschool route because the world is getting darker and this agenda that they're pushing, you can't miss it. I mean, I went to a Christian private school and there were still people that were trans, people that were gay, you know, doing things in the bathroom that they shouldn't be doing. And it's like, wait, I thought I was in a Christian school. Your kids will have their eyes open to this one way or another. And if they don't have a solid foundation, if they don't have good footing, if you haven't taught them in the ways they should go, they will be deceived. They will fall away because these are just children. These are the same children that believe Santa. I mean, for goodness sake, they will fall away. They will be deceived. We have to be the children's biggest, biggest teacher, biggest caretaker, biggest inspiration so that our life can point them to Christ so that they would see Jesus in uh, so many people, you know, they want to get into ministry and they're like, I want to disciple people, I want to help people. And it's like, what does Timothy say though? If you don't have your house in order first, then you aren't, you're not ready, you aren't ready to go out and tell other people about Jesus. And it's kind of funny because your house is a direct, in, indirect relation to, in, sorry, indirect relationship to how successful or not successful you're going to be as a parent. I mean, as a, sorry, as a minister of the gospel, because if you can't even get your house in check, when we're talking many disciples, people that are around you every single day that will literally listen to anything you say, if they're not in check, if they're not following God, then how can we trust you to lead a church of all of these little children? And I don't mean children just in age. I mean like just children in the Lord. How can we trust you to grow any of them in the Lord if you've already failed at the base level? So people that want to get into ministry and like, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to baptize people. I want to cast demons out. I want to help people. That's amazing. Yes, but remember, your kids are your disciples. I mean, my parents would tell you that they've discipled many people and helped many people, but their best disciples, and I don't mean this in a prideful way or a braggy way, but their most important disciples, let's say, were me and my sister because we were their number one priority. No one else, right? Yeah, it's great if you help someone else, but if your own son, your own daughter is struggling, doesn't know God or is deceived, that's your number one. Because again, these kids are around you every day. They'll believe anything you say. So use this opportunity. 
Use this opportunity. Don't be afraid that, oh, I don't want to open my kid up to too much. You know, it's too scary. I'll tell them in a few. No, you need to tell them who their enemy is. The Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood. So when your kids are coming home and they're saying, I'm having this problem at school or they're teaching this, you're giving them a flesh and blood example. Oh, well, you know, some people are just different or, you know, there's bullies in the world. Okay, yeah, that's flesh and blood. That's just... You're just explaining it in a human way, but we don't fight against that. We fight against spiritual things. So if this is true, your kids need to know spiritual things. They need to understand the enemy. They need to understand the attack coming against their life or the, the, or the, the wolves will get to them before it's too late. And I believe that God giving this vision to my dad is a warning that this is being sped up right now, that the wolves are released, that they are truly just, they have... They have an open door like the bus. They have an open door into our schools. It's not They're not forcing their way anymore. It's an open door. And many kids are getting deceived, and I've seen many kids get deceived, and it's extremely sad. <sighs> so, yeah, I know this is heavy, but, yeah, I had a few notes here. Knowing what we know about kids, how do we respond, right? Jesus in the house. Jesus needs to be the number one. And so this comes back to you first. If you're not good with the Lord, if he's not your number one, you got to get that in check first because how in the world are you expecting your kids to have Jesus as their number one if their biggest example doesn't have Jesus as their number one? I mean, we are what our parents are. I mean, you look at most kids, they have a lot of things in common with their parents, whether they like it or not. You look at me, I have a lot in common with my parents. So the good and the bad are going to weigh on them and are going to influence them. So we need to have Jesus in the house. He needs to be our center Kids are sponges. They pick up everything. Being present. This is really big. We need to be present for our kids. We need to be parents who listen to our children, who are there for them, who, what did Jesus say? Let the little children come up unto me when the disciples tried to stop them. He saw them as being worth our time, worthwhile, because he knew that they're so pliable, that they're so open, that they're so willing to accept things so that he can train them up to be this incredible person for the Lord. I mean, think about when we get born again, what is the language that God uses, right? That we're babies, we're born again, that we're brand new infants. He wanted it that way. That's why he designed being born again that way because he wanted us to have a new start. He wanted us to be fresh, untainted by the world and so pliable that he could mold us once we get born again, which is why a lot of people, they try to be molded by God before they're born again. It doesn't work because you have to die and be like a child, right? So another note I had here that I, that I already mentioned, right? There are, there are greatest importance. Stop folk. If you're in ministry and your kids are struggling or they're not in love with the Lord, stop focusing on other people and start focusing on your first disciples. They're so important. I mean, if you only raise up two great disciples your whole life, but they are on fire, incredible disciples, and they go on to make hundreds of disciples. Well, their disciples are your disciples because they never would have gotten there if it wasn't for you. See them as your critical importance. I always think like with discipleship, the hardest thing with people is time. If we could meet with them every day, oh man, they would grow so much, but we only see them once a week or once a month. Your kids are with you every day. They can learn so much in in 18 years. <laughs> I mean, insanely, an insane amount of things. Then when they're 18, I truly believe if you train them up in the right way, they can be on fire for God. And, and with this, we need to understand what's important. There's a lot of people who don't want to homeschool or a lot of people um, that send their kids to school and college and all these things. We have the wrong priorities. We think our kids being the smartest, so educated, getting a good job, that that's success. That's not success. 
we have to reconfigure what success is in our mind. Success is your child knowing God, loving God, serving God with their whole hearts. That's success. I don't care if your kid doesn't know math. If he knows the Lord, you think the Lord really cares? This is single most important. And I believe that a lot of schools, especially a public school, I mean, if they're going to a Christian school, that's a great start, but public schools, that's their least important. That's their, that's the thing they, they treat the least important is knowing God. They don't even talk about that. We need to reconfigure what is important to our kids. Get out of the rat race of life of comparing your kids to other people. Oh, you know, my kid needs to be smart. My kid needs to graduate. How will they do this? How will they blah, blah, blah? How will they get a job? Have you ever heard of God before? All the disciples were unlearned men. He doesn't need your knowledge. He doesn't need your, your, your degree. He wants a sold out person for the Lord. I went to college. I don't even know where my degree is. I was homeschooled. There was so much stuff I didn't, I was bad at when, and we didn't, we, I never took a test till I was in 10th grade. And guess what? I did fine. I graduated college. It was fine. But God has me on a path of wanting to serve him with my whole time. And he's provided within that. Apart from my college years and what I learned in high school, all that I count as rubbish compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ, right? What is, that's what the Bible says, the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ. And don't look down on your kids because they're young. Right? Even Paul told that to Timothy. He's like, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. I have seen some of the coolest stuff happen with young kids. I mean, I know a six-year-old, well, he's eight or nine now, but he got the Holy Spirit when he was six. He started speaking in tongues. God started showing him visions that came true and that were helpful for people. But the parent of that child could have so easily looked down at that child because they were young and said, oh, no you know, you're not ready to have the Holy Spirit yet or, or you know, we'll talk about these spiritual things when you're older. And they would have taken his opportunity away to truly know God. Your children can be powerful when they are eight for Christ. They could be sharing the gospel when they're that age. If you've taught them who Christ is and you've tr- trained them up in the way they should go, you need to make clear to your kids that nothing is important besides knowing and following Christ. Everything else in the world is a waste of time. It's fun. Sure, and there's nothing wrong with fun, but if they don't have their priorities right, they will sink. It will fall. I have seen some of the most amazing things out of young people. I mean, again, if it wasn't for my upbringing, I wouldn't be on here talking on this podcast and all glory to God and thankful to my parents for teaching me and training me, but like it's thanks, it's thanks to what they did that they were obedient, that I'm able to be on here at a young age and, and, and do these things and hopefully be impactful to people um, so don't let anyone look down upon you because you're young. A, if you're a young person. And two, if you're a parent of a child, don't look down on your children because they're young. Don't don't think of them as so naive that you can't share the true things of God. Jesus welcomed them at his feet. And I think for us, we can learn something from children. We're so wanting to teach our children and oh my gosh, if you were just older and more adult, more mature, but wait a minute, How about we start to think, how can we be more like these little children? Teachable, trusting, naive, soft, fun. Like what I mean by is like no weight of the world, right? Their burden is so light. This is how Jesus wants us to be. So you can learn something from your children. 
But really my message here today is that we need to protect our children. We need to know what's going on and we need to not be one of those that cause them to stumble. Woe to the person who causes one of these little ones to stumble. That's a curse. Woe to you. So that's all I have for today. <laughs> um, but yeah, and again, I know I'm keeping it short and concise and sweet. And I think that's important because I, I pray right now that God's convicting your heart. If you're a parent, the time is now to, to change something about what you're doing with your kids. We could all improve. But I think, especially for some of you, maybe that your kids are in school or whatnot, they will be deceived. Don't think all oh, my kids are special. No, they will fall prey to this. And by you sending them there, you are causing them to stumble. If they're teaching these things to your children, the devil wants to steal your identity so that you don't know who you truly are in Christ. So your job as a parent is to make sure your kids know who they are in Christ. And because kids are young and they're not going to get it all, they're going to relay who they are in you as who they are in Christ. So however they do with you, if you are loving to them, if you're if you train them and you're, that's, that's a part of love, training them, teaching them, right? Jesus, God says he chastises those who, what he loves. But if you do these all things in love and you show them their identity and you make them confident in who they are, they're going to relay that onto God because oftentimes we see God as however we see our parents. So some of the struggles I, I had trouble like accepting things about God and stuff was because I had been taught certain things by my parents. And again, it's mainly however the father is to your kids, that's how they're going to relay the father in heaven, which is why a lot of people have trouble with um, that kind of language. Like, oh, the father in heaven, because they see their father as someone that is not someone that has been good to them, not someone that they can trust, not someone to take care of them. So you need, especially you fathers, you need to be that example to your kids of who God truly is. That's how they're going to know who God is. You can tell them out the wazoo, but unless they see it, they will not believe it and they will fall prey. They will lose their identity. And in the end, they will be so confused about who they are. The devil will have them so far away from knowing that they were a child of the King, that they were a child of the most high God. Oh, so dear Lord God, I just thank you for um, everything that you're teaching us God together. And thank you for your words, Lord of just, how seriously you take this, God, and how much you love your children, how special they are to you, God. I pray for all the fathers and mothers out there, God. Oh, God, just let them have that same heavy heart for their children. Help them to love their children, to go be up, up, above and beyond, to um, fill them with love, fill them with encouragement, um, fill them with joy, show them who they are, show, give them confidence, um, God, that our kids need that, Lord. And if they don't get it from us, they're going to get it from the world. They're going to get it from, from changing their gender, changing you know, their sexuality and, and all of these other things that, that want to just steal their identity completely away, God. So please, Lord, intervene, Lord. But the only way, the, the schools aren't going to change, God. Things are going to get worse. We know that. But God, awaken your, your parents of these children. Awaken them to take their kids out of these schools, to either homeschool them, to send them somewhere better that's, that, that is teaching them the right thing, Lord. But 
God, just show them, show them your path for them, God, but convict their hearts that they would not be a part of causing their ones to stumble, their little ones to stumble, that they wouldn't just think, oh, it's fine. God, that they would see the weight of this issue and that it would push them to change. It would push them to do a hard thing, knowing how important kids are, knowing the value, God. And, and not to mention that whoever has kids, you've given them a responsibility and it's our choice. We can stop from having children. So if they have kids, Lord, show them that it is their responsibility. They took this responsibility on when they decided to have a child, Lord, to train them up in the way they should go so that when they're old, that they would not depart from it, God. Lord, yeah, God, I just pray for these little children. Guard their hearts, guard their minds. Lord, there is an agenda from the devil, Lord. We come against that agenda right now in Jesus' name, that it cannot prevail against these children, that these of these children of God, that these children of God will be protected, God, that you would have a remnant of children that love you, that know you, God, that would not be swayed by by this falseness, this abomination, this this lack of truth, this lie, this giant lie that the devil is plaguing us with. Help us to be proactive, God, as friends, as 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 teachers, as as parents, God. Yes, Lord, just protect your children, Lord. Protect them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I forgot to mention one other thing that's just crazy is I was watching this video, um, and I think it was from Isaiah Saldivar. If any of you guys are familiar with him, he's a teacher on YouTube, but he made a, a YouTube kids account um, just to see like, oh, I wonder what, you know, YouTube has their algorithm. They recommend videos to you. See what they recommend. The first video that they recommend to people who make a YouTube kids account. So you think, oh, you know, my kids are, my kids are sheltered because they have YouTube kids. The first video they recommend, first one, is a, is multiple young children talking to a non-binary person. And you can see these precious little kids being totally deceived when the person's like, you know, just because you feel like, um, just because you look like a guy doesn't mean you're a guy. And if you feel like a girl, then you can be a girl and all these things. And the kids are like, huh, okay, yeah. They're getting deceived in front of our very eyes. And this is what YouTube is pushing. If you don't believe there's agenda, you better open up your eyes because this is what they're pushing onto our kids. This is what they want for them. This is demonic. And this is why you need to be very careful, right? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. We need to be careful what our children are seeing and what they're hearing. And I'm not, and see, we get this twisted we think that means, okay, don't tell them about demons and spiritual things. No, that's what we need to be telling them because that is actually the most fundamental truth that there is an enemy in the world that's looking to steal and kill us all. But we have Jesus who gives us hope and we have nothing to be afraid of. That is the most fundamental truth. So we need to tell them that, but we need to be careful what their little eyes see. Your kids scrolling through YouTube, playing video games, watching movies, watching TV shows. What are they being inundated with? What are they being deceived on? in the background when you're not paying attention or even just these small little clues and things that they're doing to try and corrupt your children. And I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it is true. Watch TV. Why is it all sexualized? Why is it all evil? Why is it all demonic? Because they want you to fall away from God. They want your kids to be deceived. Um, and, and ultimately they don't want your kids to know who Christ is. So please parents, I beg you pray on these things. Shelter your kids in a loving way, not in a strict, mean way, but as the father does, remove the things in their life that are not good 
and feed them with love and feed them with the things that are good. We think we're going to hurt our kids by taking away good things that they love. That's not going to hurt them as much as you just not loving them. If you love them and you fill them with so much love, so much joy, and they totally know that they are loved by you, and they don't care about anything else in the world. That's all they want. They just want their mom and dad to say they're proud of them and that they love them. And they want to see and feel that love. So don't exasperate your children either. All right, y'all, that is it for this um, uh, episode. We will have an episode hopefully by next Friday. I can't promise it, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure we will have a pretty free week this week. So um, thank you again for your prayers for this podcast. We're getting close to episode 50. If you have any questions, if you need any prayer, if you need counseling, if you need anything, reach out to us. I know it's in the outro, but it's hello, hello at the at sign Jesus is offensive.com. That's our email. You can put that right into your email and send us an email. Uh, and if that confuses you, you can literally just go to our website. You can go to the about page and there is a contact sheet right there. And I will get back to you extremely soon. I try to get back in 24 to 48 hours. So, um, yes, guys, thank you for everything that you guys all do. Thank you for your patience with me. And I pray that you all have a blessed day today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Jesus is Offensive podcast. If you liked what you heard, we're on Instagram. Check us out, Jesus is Offensive. Uh, Or if you want to check out our website, jesusisoffensive.com. We have more podcasts on there. You can check that out at the podcast page. Uh, We also have cool apparel and another collection we're releasing on January 13th. Uh, And if you like what we're doing over here and you want to be a part of it, you want to make a donation, you can go to our about page uh, and you can donate there. And if you'd like to get in contact with us for prayer or questions, uh, feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, Our email is hello at jesusisoffensive.com. I really appreciate you guys all tuning in and we will see you guys next week.